I don't know who's calling. I don't have the name on the caller ID. You, like, stop. Like, I can't take your... I'm on the phone with Zach. Stop calling. I don't... I, I will take your call after this interview. Sorry if I'm sounding Are frustrated. You okay, no, I'm not okay. okay. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I'll be honest with you. I don't have a clever way to start today's show because I wasted the last 25 minutes arguing in my Twitter DMs with a friend about Tom Brady. So that's how I chose to invest my time this afternoon. And uh, the show is going to show's going to take a step back as a, as a result. I don't have anything witty. I don't have a clever intro. I don't have a fun way to frame what we're going to talk about for the next two hours. Uh, I have nothing because I've been arguing with my buddy about how good Tom Brady is. And this is getting us nowhere. We're actually getting more upset at each other. And we're getting farther and farther apart, and the show will continue to suffer because of it. I also spent a lot of this afternoon scrambling. There have been so many high school games that have been rescheduled, moving to 4 p.m., 5 p.m., being rescheduled to tomorrow. So I'm trying to stay up to date, and it looks like it's going to rain all weekend in the Twin Cities with the Brewers. So Brewers Twins is probably going to deal with some delays or some postponements or something. Thank God the vibes are okay at Target Field, though. I'd hate for that roof to kill the vibes. God forbid some baseball should be played in the rain in the Twin Cities because Lord knows the weather is never nasty in the Midwest. Thank God the vibes are okay and you can see that skyline. Not going to play baseball tonight or tomorrow, but the vibes are intact. That's how how I spent my afternoon. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Let's just start. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. A lot I want to get out of the way with and cover and discuss before we get to 6 o'clock and we take a break for the weekend, including a lot of Packers talk. I feel like we need to dive deeper on Aaron Rodgers because we got into Aaron Rodgers yesterday. We listened to a little bit of his presser. We're like, uh, how do we how do we feel about this? Are we vibing with this? Do we like this? Uh, yes, no. And I, We never really went any deeper. And a lot of times I'll have an idea for a conversation. I'll be like, hey, do we want to talk about this? Do we want to get into this? And then And then we leave it there. So nothing ever becomes of it, and it's never productive, and we never make headway. We just kick the can around. It's like, well, does Aaron Rodgers suck now? Like, is he kind of annoying? I'm, I'm not sure. Well, we can have that conversation. I actually want to remember the mid-2000s, from 2005 to 2008, and the transition from Favre to Rodgers 15, 16, 17 years ago, however many years ago you want to, wherever you want the transition to start, whatever year marks it for you, whether it was the drafting of Aaron Rodgers or the first retirement speech or the 10th retirement speech or the flying in with a helicopter to family night or whatever, whatever it was. I actually want to remember that transition and think back and think, okay, at what point did I kind of get over Brett Favre? What was the thing that made me think, you know what? Okay, Brett, I love you, man, but you got to figure it out. And we got this Aaron Rodgers guy and I, you know, I think it might be time. When was that moment for you? I want to think back and remember that because I think that's very instructive and I think that will help us through What I'm finding to be a very frustrating, confusing time as a Packer fan and as an Aaron Rodgers fan, I think we need a little bit of precedent. We need some background. And I think 2005 to 2008 and discussing that time period is going to help us out now with 2021. We're going to do that after 5 o'clock. I want to talk to Zach Heilprin coming up at 435, the fearless leader, the sports director, and the voice of the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network. Tiny little bit of Badgers because the Big Ten starts tomorrow. Nebraska and Illinois play. 
Now, I don't know if I'm going to watch. If I'm not doing anything else, if I had nothing better to do tomorrow, I don't know. I don't plan my days out in advance. I don't plan the show more than two or three hours in advance. So if I'm not doing anything tomorrow, I probably will watch a little bit of Illinois-Nebraska. Brett Bielema versus Illinois. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Scott Frost, Brett Bielema, that's an intriguing matchup, even if both teams turned out to stink. So college football is starting. I have, like, a Badger question or two for Zach. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers uh, and the Packers as well in training camp. Their final preseason game is tomorrow. I do, however, want to start with the Brewers, and you, at any point during today's show, are welcome to jump in and share your thoughts. 608-796-2558. The talk and text line, if you want to tweet me, follow me, block me, whatever, uh, at Wisco Grant on Twitter. You can find me there. Uh, small side note to our lacrosse listeners on WKTY. Uh, the high school football game that is being carried tonight, which is Menominee, my alma mater, by the way, the Mustangs, uh, they're visiting Holman tonight. That game got moved up to 5. So the pregame is going to go on at 4.50. So this show, the Wisco Sports Show, is going to go off in lacrosse at 4.50. If you want to stay with us and keep listening, you can do so on The Zone, on Sports Talk 105.1 in Eau Claire. Uh, just go to madcitysportszone.com and click Listen Live. You can listen on the Madison Station. You can do the same thing. Uh, the Eau Claire website is wayyradio.com. So you can listen on other stations, but we won't be on live in lacrosse. So just make a mental note. If we get to 450 and you're really digging the show and then it drops out, that's why. And that's how you can keep listening. I want to spend the majority of the time on the Packers today, but I don't want to start with the Packers. Because I like to think of the show sometimes as a, uh, as a concerto, right? a musical performance or a guitar solo, right? And something... You got to know about music, or at least a lot of people think this way. You can do music anyway, but you, you can't start with the best part, right? It's the same with a movie. You can't start with the most exciting scene. Otherwise, the movie would suck the rest of the way. You got to have a buildup. You got to start somewhere and then make your way, right? You can't start with the highest note in the guitar solo. Then you have nowhere to go after that. I want to start with the Brewers. The Brewers are going to be our first movement of the show in this symphony or this, this orchestral performance. We're going to start with the Brewers, and then we're going to talk to Zach, and then we're really going to get hot and heavy in the Packers in the second hour of the show. I was watching the Twins game last night. I don't know why. The Brewers played in the afternoon, so I didn't really have much going on. I was watching a little bit of the Twins. It was bad. Uh, unfit for TV for young audiences. There should have been a disclaimer. The Twins lost 12-2. to Woof. To the Red Sox, who haven't been exactly lighting the world on fire since the All-Star break. I think a little bit of that success in the first half of the season was a little bit of a uh, Smokescreen just a bit. And I think that's probably why Boston wasn't super aggressive adding pieces at the deadline. They knew. It's not like Boston is crushing it recently, and they're just pounding the Twins. They went by 10 runs last night. And two of my best friends are Twins fans. Have I mentioned that before? I think I maybe brought that up from time to time. I was texting with them last night in a group chat, and they're so defeated, it's almost, it's almost sad. I feel bad a little bit. They can't even watch baseball games. Because even when the Twins go up a run or two, they're like, ah, they'll blow it. Uh, Boston's up 5-2. to two. Better turn the game off. It's going to get worse, and it did. Boston beat them by 10 runs. They're so defeated, Twins fans are. And yet, I think back to opening weekend in April when the Brewers started their season at American Family Field against the Twins. Remember that series? So game one, the Brewers' home opener, they beat the Twins 6-5, to five, but they trailed by two runs in the ninth inning. They were able to climb back, a hit from Yelich, and then Orlando Arcia hit a walk-off fielder's choice in the 10th inning to win it. Then the rest of the series, the Brewers were handled by the Twins. Corbin Burns went six and a third, 11 strikeouts, no walks, one run, but the Brewers lost 1-0 and only had one hit. Barrios was amazing. It was Omar Narvaez, by the way. Shout out Narvaez for preventing that no-hitter. Game three of the season, which was Sunday, Brewers lost 8-2, to 
Twins out hit the Brewers 11 to 5. The Brewers offense was a sack fly and a solo shot. They didn't really have much going. I recap that series and I say all that to say this. The Twins were the better team on April 1st, 3rd, and 4th. It was the Thursday, uh, Saturday, Sunday. Twins were better. It was easy to see. Monday, Tuesday of that next week, I'm like, yeah, Twins are on another level. Twins are a better team right now in early April. Not that that means a whole lot, but in that moment, the Twins were better. That's not a hot take. That's not my opinion. I don't think that's the least bit controversial. That was the reality. And if you watched that series, you thought, wow, Twins starting pitching was just as good in most moments. Their offense was certainly better. They hit for more power. The Brewers did win game one, but barely. And it was a barely almost just squeaking by win in extra innings. Often Orlando Arcia, fielder's choice. Right, The Twins were one out away from sweeping the Brewers and starting the year 3-0, and and the Brewers would have been 0-3. Like, Jeez. Twins were better, at least on April 4th. Now, months later, as we sit here on August 27th, the Brewers are 28 games over 500. They're 78 and 50. And the Twins are 17 games under 500 at 55 and 72. The Brewers lead their division, the NL Central, by eight and a half games. The Twins are dead last in theirs, and they trail first place by 18 games. I didn't realize this today until I checked. The Twins are behind the Royals, behind the Tigers. They're dead last in the AL Central. They trail first place, the White Sox, by 18 games. It's amazing how much has changed since April 4th when the season started. When I watched that series, and you watched that series, and thought, hey, Twins are better. Brewers aren't as good as the Twins. And the Twins were a playoff team last year. That's not an absurd argument to make. Twins have been pretty good. They've been an offensive juggernaut the last couple of years. The Bumba squad, right? They just hit a bunch of home runs. Not that that's ever been a consistent way to win in the postseason. The Twins, no, they haven't won in the postseason in 20 years. And just look at the Brewers teams in 2011, right? They hit a bunch of home runs. What happened when they get to the postseason? Oh, yeah, they don't have the pitching. And they're not fundamentally sound. Okay, going to get eliminated. Now, Brewers fans, you might think back to early April. Remember that. And then you think of what's going on now with the Twins and the Brewers. You might think, wow. What an improvement from the Brewers. They got healthy. They got better. They figured it out. Yes and no, but mostly no. If you look at some lineups from May or April, the first two months of the season, you might be pretty surprised at what you see. And I saved a couple of lineups today. I found this picture last night, April 18th. It was a 110 game that the Brewers played. This is their lineup. Are you ready? Jackie Bradley Jr. hitting leadoff. Daniel Vogelback hitting second. Avi Garcia hitting third. Travis Shaw hitting cleanup. Keston Hira hitting fifth. Billy McKinney playing in left field. Manny Pena was catching. And Daniel Robertson was the shortstop. Freddie Peralta was pitching. Not great. That's not going to strike fear. Who's the hitter in that lineup that strikes fear into opposing pitchers? Avi Garcia. Maybe, and obviously had a good season, but if he's your best offensive player, you're in a tough spot. Billy McKinney, Daniel Robertson. Keston here hasn't been in the majors for a month. Travis Shaw got hurt, but they don't have room for him. Daniel Vogelback's been hurt, and Jackie Bradley Jr. has been one of the worst active hitters in baseball since the beginning of the season. And Manny Pena's the backup. That was a lineup that the Brewers rolled out earlier this year. That was a lineup that the Brewers, which are now 78-50, and 50, first place in their division by... Almost 10 games. That was a lineup that they used this season, 2021. When they swept the Padres on April 21st, a couple of days after this lineup I just shared with you, this was the lineup that they rolled out there. Jackie Bradley Jr., Vogelback, Avi Garcia, Travis Schott, Narvaez, Billy McKinney, Daniel Robertson, Jace Peterson, Adrian Hauser. 
That team, that squad, swept the Padres in April. Not saying that this lineup occasionally didn't do impressive things. Now, towards the end of the month, they started to tail off, and they had a losing streak, and then they made some moves to get the train back on the tracks. Their ideal lineup now, assuming everyone's healthy, probably goes something like this. Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, Willie Adamas, Avi Garcia, Eduardo Escobar, Omar Narvaez, Rowdy Telez, Lorenzo Cain, and the pitcher spot. Now, you might disagree on the order, but that's close enough. That would be a respectable lineup. Maybe you'd switch them around a little bit. That's not the point. The point is, of that lineup that I just mentioned, there are three guys that missed a bunch of time and that were injured earlier this year. That was Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, and Lorenzo Cain. And then there were another three guys who weren't here when the season started. And I, I don't know if David Stearns came into the season thinking we're going to add three more guys. I think he did it out of necessity with Willie Adamas, Eduardo Escobar, and Rowdy Telez. And if we're really being honest, Omar Narvaez missed time early. He didn't miss as much as Wong, Yelich, or Kane, but he missed a little time too. So comparing the lineups from late April to now is a world of difference. And I think we forget that. At least I do. This is literally a different team than in April. David Stearns rebuilt the very bones, the very foundation of this team and refused to waste the starting pitching and the great bullpen and the great manager and the winnable division. Last offseason, I kept saying, this is the year. You have the starting pitching. You have the high-end relievers. This division isn't great. Just add a couple of bats and make a run at this thing. And they weren't far off. They added Colton Wong. They needed probably one more big bat. They added Travis Shaw instead of an actual first or a third baseman. Give David Stearns all the credit in the world for getting a bit into the season and realizing, okay, we have the pieces here to be really good, and our division is winnable. The National League might just be winnable, but we got to get Adamas. We got to get Escobar. We're going to add Rowdy Telez for depth. And they didn't waste this season, a season that included three guys who were in candidacy for winning a Cy Young. Don't forget that. Go back and look at some of those lineups from earlier this year and remind yourself, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, David Stearns did a lot for this team this year. It's not that they just got healthy. It's not that they just started playing better. No, he addressed needs and made improvements to this team. And I think we forget that. I don't, I don't want that to get lost and, and history be revised. 608-796-2558. Binksy, what's going on? Hey, how you doing this Friday, my man? I'm doing good. I'm just kind of dreading the second half of the show because we're going to have to talk about Aaron Rodgers, and I think I'm going to say some things that people might not like. But, hey, that's the show sometimes. i got to say what I'm feeling. Oh, okay. Well, you you, you say what you got to say because more than likely <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. Hey, that's um, what we like to okay, hear. Okay, so what, what, did, what, did, what did we say about Jackie Bradley Jr.? We kind of uh, – I was – I had to get into the store and pick something up when you, when we talked about him last a uh, couple of days ago, mm-hmm. or maybe even last week. Where he, you know we know what his batting average is, but he's striking out a ton. You saw that down yeah. in Milwaukee firsthand. Guy doesn't take his walks. Guy doesn't work the pitch count. Great defensive guy. I understand. I get it. In 2018, he was an ALCS MVP. Yeah. Um, I, I could give you countless other examples, but that doesn't translate to a season um is, is is he worth the money and and i think the great thing and we discussed this when they signed colton wong going from soup to nuts here is that they put him as number one in the lineup yeah that's and he's just shined in that role um and putting lorenzo kane down there a little bit or actually you know in that bottom third of the order has helped him improve his uh uh, you know, his batting uh, average. So what I wanted to ask you is, did you and I come to an agreement or have we 
an opinion, a mutual, mutually exclusive opinion about sure. uh, Jack and JBJ? <laughs> I'm assuming you're asking, like, would we put him on a playoff roster if the playoffs started today? Is that kind of the premise of, well, of this whole thing, yeah, if there's room for him? Say, yeah, we did say that, or we did say, you know what, if uh, – if the Yankees call and say, hey, we'll take the full contract. Well, I, I mean, in the offseason, that, that might be one thing. Sure. If a team wants to trade for him in the offseason, his value is is not much at all. I don't know why any team would be jumping to get him right now. I think he's on this team this year and, and probably next. As far as the postseason goes, it's going to depend a lot on health. Like, if Tyrone Taylor's healthy and playing well, I'd rather have Tyrone Taylor. Right. I'd rather have Jace Peterson. The thing is... You might want him as a defensive replacement for a guy like Avi Garcia, but the other night Avi Garcia robbed a home run and had an outfield assist. So I, yeah, I don't know. There's a long, long time to go before the start of the postseason, so this isn't a decision we have to make now. But you start to ask, okay, right. what utility do you actually get from JBJ if the playoffs were to start? What are you getting from him? Right now, they're not getting a whole lot that they can't get from other players. Some of those players I just mentioned. Exactly. Yep. So I just wanted to see what your what your thoughts were. Um, also, uh, you know, just I, I did have another question, and I, I listened to you, and I tried to call in a couple times when you were talking about preseasons, and maybe you can answer this very short. I don't know if you can or can't. Sure. Am I to assume that you are not a preseason guy for any sport? <laughs> um, um, for because, any sports? Uh... Yeah, you were telling people in Wisconsin Packer fans, calm down, calm down. Uh, and then, you know, you know, I know you don't really get into the spring uh, for for uh, Badger football, yeah. um, even me, I don't get into the Brewers preseason until uh, probably the last two weeks of preseason. Um, but when the pitchers and catchers report, my blood feels like it's 25 degrees instead of negative 25 degrees. Heck yeah. So, uh, so anyway, but yeah, I I just kind of thought, well, you're you're not really a preseason guy. It's it's. Um, I just like how you tell people, oh, just be quiet. The season hasn't started yet. You know? Yeah. Don't get mad about things that happen in the preseason. I'm with you. Why don't we talk about that a little bit coming up next? And I also got some sound from right. Craig Council. I want to talk about Brett Anderson a bit, too. Hey, you have a good weekend, right. Bixie. Thanks for the call. Job well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that. I'm tired today. Thank you. Let's take a break. We can talk a little bit about that. What matters in preseason? Spring training, I think, serves a very important role, maybe more so for us than the actual teams. So we'll get to that coming up. A little bit of Craig Council and our bestest of friends, Zach Heilpern, coming up at 435. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. AM. Friday. A couple of texts on the talk text line 608 796 2558. Mad Mike says the MVP went to his head. You talking about Christian Yep? Oh, oh, must be talking about Aaron Rodgers. Gotcha, Mad Mike. Yep. Firefighter Greg says, Hey, Grant, yes, the Brewers have come far and the pitching is World Series worthy, but my twins are two time world champions. Feels good. Hope you guys get the experience. I was at County Stadium in 82 for the first two games. Fun time. Yeah, the Twins. The Twins are kind of like... Nah, I guess that's not a good comparison. Maybe the maybe the Twins 
and their relationship to the Brewers is kind of like the Cubs in that they've had a lot of bad times and they're currently in the middle of one, but you can always lean on those championships. And the Brewers, for as fun as they are right now, we don't have a championship, you know? So I, I think there may be some similarities between the Twins and the Cubs. The Twins have probably had more good times than the Cubs over the years. They're just both in a little bit of a valley right now. No, I'm with you, Greg. I, I just want to see the Brewers get there. I think that would be a magical experience. Just riding your baseball team to the NLCS or the NLDS, the energy is nuts. Oh, I love it. Uh, this is a text from Steve's wife, Yvonne. <laughs> so we're not in the hot tub tonight, but still listening. Could you wish Steve a happy birthday? That would be awesome. Thank you. You know what? I got a text from Brett in lacrosse as well saying it's Steve's birthday. Happy birthday, Steve. You guys don't know the background. Uh, Steve and his wife occasionally listen to the show in the hot tub. It's just kind of an intimate program, really, when you think about it. It's a source of intimacy for couples. Uh, maybe if you and your significant other, maybe you're just not connecting right now, we'll throw the show on in the background. Enjoy, enjoy it together. Happy birthday, Steve. Listen to the show for a while. I hope you have a wonderful birthday and a wonderful weekend, whatever you end up doing. Make some time for the hot tub, especially if it's raining outside. Be nice, nice vibe. Right before the break, Binksy called in and asked, you must not be a big preseason guy. No, not really. I think my problem isn't with preseason. It's the way that we treat preseason. Preseason is great for players that are trying to make the roster, for players that are trying to get reps, young players, rookies. But what we, and I say we because I guess I'm part of the media, although I don't know, kind of a lame part of the media. Like, I turn on ESPN and people are screaming their heads off about the Bears and how they're stupid because they haven't said explicitly that Justin Fields is going to start yet. It's like, can we all relax? It's preseason. We got to stop treating these games like they're the end of the world. And I think that's true, especially in football. It's lesser a problem in baseball because spring training, let's be real. Spring training, we just like it because it's cold as heck and it gives us something to get excited about. And like, you want to go down to Arizona for a couple days, take in some baseball games at a cool ballpark? Yeah, that's basically what spring training is for me. And I know the Brewers use it to make decisions and, and they use it to rehab injured players who are, you know, coming slowly into the year. But yeah, spring training is essentially that. Summer league basketball is awesome because it's young players. And for the most part, it's not a very good product, which for whatever reason makes me like it more. Uh, exhibition games in the NBA, are those stink. Those are probably the less, least interesting of all. Right before we get to Zach, Zach Heilprin up in about 10 minutes, I wanted to hear a little bit from Craig Council speaking on injuries to this team. Uh, and especially Brett Anderson yesterday. Brett Anderson got hurt. Here's Council talking about injuries. Say they happen. Yeah, we've had a couple of them at the same time, and I don't think it's a big deal. I think we're in good shape, you know, and as days go by, you feel like you're getting in better shape. So, you know, the Escobar news has been really positive so far, so we're, we're in good shape there. I, don't, I think I don't think any, Brett's going to be anything serious. You know, Willie continues to feel better. So injuries are a part of every team's daily you know, grind through the season. It's 162-game season. Council says all along, like, hey, we got to keep these guys fresh, keep them healthy. So for those of you in May or in June who get worked up because Adrian Hauser doesn't get to keep going after six innings or Corbin Burns is pulled after a six and a third instead of pitching eight innings, doesn't that seem kind of trivial now, months later, now that we're in the heat of a pennant chase and we're just trying to keep this, this team healthy? Doesn't it seem kind of dumb? Like, oh, remember in May when we were all mad that Council pulled... Corbin Burns, two batters before we want it. It's, it's trivial in the grand scheme of things when you're trying to get into September and into October healthy. And that's what Craig Council says all the time, right? And we're especially hearing it now because they're dealing with a couple of injuries. Uh, he doesn't think any of these injuries, whether it be Escobar 
or Willie Adamas really that big of a deal. A lot of precautionary stuff. Our injury news to me is positive. Um, we have some. We, we were really healthy for about a week, you know, but uh, it, this is what happens to most teams. This is what happens to every team. And and so it's it's part of a season that you, you don't, you know, you, you anticipate really. They have depth. I mean, they've kind of anticipated, right? We want redundancies. We want an extra third baseman. They have Urias and Escobar. We want an extra first baseman in Rowdy Telez. And they have Daniel Vogelback if they need him. And Eduardo Escobar can play a little first. And they have Colton Wong and Willie Adamas. They have depth. And then in the outfield, we also have Tyrone Taylor, who I really like, Jackie Bradley Jr. And Jace Peterson can slide in, too, if need be. Right? They've built redundancies. So even if they deal with some injuries, they're dealing with injuries right now, you can shut these guys down, give Escobar 10 days, Give Adamus four or five if he needs, and you're not going to start tanking and losing and hemorrhaging games because you have depth, you have redundancies, and it's also just great to have as many options in the postseason as possible. When you start putting together a lineup, you want those tough decisions. It's like, oh, Jackie Bradley Jr., former ALCS MVP, that guy's on the bench? Yep, because it's a really good team. Really, really deep. Urias, this guy's on the bench? Yeah, because Eduardo Escobar's really good. But you got to get there with everybody healthy, and Craig Council and the Brewers, I think, making a really conscious effort to be careful with some of those players that are just... Suffering from those little things. They got time. They got a lead in the division. Time to get right and let these guys get right. Let's take a break. Speaking of getting right, man, I'm excited to talk to Zach Heilprin, our voice. You hear him in the updates. He's the sports director at The Zone in Madison. Uh, I just, I need him to explain some things regarding college football. A little bit on the Badgers and then a lot of Packers training camp with their third preseason and final preseason game coming up tomorrow. Let's get connected with our friend Zach Heilprin coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, happy Friday. My name is Grant Bills, Twitter at Wisco Grant. Talking text line 608 796 2558. Brett in Lacrosse, I see you, I hear you, uh, but we're about to talk to Zach, so I can't take your call at least for a little bit. Coming up after 5 o'clock, the show might get a little controversial. I might get a little controversial because I I don't know. I might have some unpopular takes when it comes to the Packers. So there might be a little controversy. That's coming up after 5. The only thing controversial about this part of the show is maybe how good it's going to be. Zach Heilprin on the phone, on the horn, our sports director and our voice all across the Wisconsin Sports Network. Zach, happy Friday. How are you today, my friend? It's great to talk to you. Always great to talk to you, Grant, but especially on Friday. Great and some energy. Thank you. That uh, you you bring, and it just brings it out of me. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. I want to do some Packers stuff, uh, but I want to start with a college football question because we have Illinois Nebraska tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to watch. If I have like nothing better to do, I'll watch. Yeah, it's Brett Bielman and Scott Frost, like two big personalities like that. That intrigues me. But if I have an option to do maybe anything else, I might. Might choose to do anything else instead. Maybe do a little run-in or something? Yeah, I might have to go for a jog. I'm not going to lie, Zach. Life has been very busy. It's a very busy time of year. Local sports, college sports. There's a lot going on. So I've kind of put this college football drama on the back burner. And Mm. I I bring this up because I've seen that the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12, they've all formed this alliance. And I kind of need you to explain this to me like I'm three because I have not paid attention to this whatsoever. So I'm hoping you can help us out. Yeah, there's – yeah, I – I would love to. I would love to give you all the details on it, but they offered so very few details during that press conference. Other than that, they are a like-minded group and that they are going to try and keep the college model, uh, you know, as 
as college as it can be. They understand that there is more uh, coming for athletes, money-wise. They understand uh, there's changes, you know, coming, but they want they want the, co- the collegiate model to, to still exist. And um, they're they're heavy into the Olympic sports. I don't think this is just simply football, but what what it means for football is, uh, I think, and we kind of get a little bit more today from Pac-12. Um, uh, commissioner was it's a scheduling thing and their hope here is to go back to eight conference games wisconsin plays nine conference games right now they're going to go back to eight and then they're going to schedule alliance games between these three conferences one home one away each year so you'd be playing two power five teams um as opposed to you know doing the kind of three uh, you know playing one and then playing three uh, money games i think it's, the schedule has a lot to do with it but they also tv wise you know trying to uh, deal with ESPN in that respect, and trying to to stop the SEC from from taking over college football. Like, it, it, there's a lot of things at play, but I think mainly it's uh, you know trying to consolidate their power so that the SEC and ESPN can't go and do whatever they want to do. Sure. Okay. So they have strength in numbers. So I, didn't, I got that. Yeah. Which yeah, is there's 41 schools, right? There's 41 yeah. schools between those three conferences, and um, you know. Does it match up with the 16 that are going to be, or the the 16? Yeah, the 16 they're going to be in the SEC. You know, probably not. Um, the, the talent, the, you know, the, the success. The SEC is still probably going to be there, but you know, you bring Clemson into it, you bring Ohio State into it. You know, you bring some blue blood programs from the from the Pac-12, and you know, maybe you have a fighting chance. Which I guess when I say strength in numbers, that's really any alliance. So I suppose I should have been able to figure that part uh, out on my own. But I that does make sense between the SEC and what they're trying to do in the broadcast companies, especially ESPN. I, I get that. I do have one Badgers question. I, I feel like over the last five or six years, every season has gone kind of the same. There's been little differences here and there. They start maybe 5-0, and 6-0, and and everybody gets progressively more excited. And then they lose a game, maybe early, maybe later, but they lose a game somewhere along the way. And we kind of lose interest. And then when the Big Ten Championship rolls around in the bowl game, we get more excited and we watch those, and they're not as of much consequence relating to the college football playoff. Do you think that this season is going to follow that same formula, or do you think there'll be something different about this season? Uh, you know what? I think the first month is going to decide their future. Um, or I should say their future. is going to decide what this season looks like because of the matchups they have. I mean, they start with Penn State, they have Michigan in the first month, and they have Notre Dame in the first month. So those uh, the three of their toughest games, and I'm going to throw Michigan in there as a tougher game, even though they haven't been as good. The talent is still there. Um, three of their first four games are three of their tougher games of the year. And so I think, um, you know, if, if they're able to go 4-0, and I think people stick with them throughout the entire year. Uh, there may be another there may be another loss in there, right? Because uh, mm. that's just kind of the Wisconsin thing uh, outside of 2017 when they went 12-0. and But there's the I do think either people are going to jump on and they're going to stick with them the entire year, or they're going to forget about them until you're right, probably uh, November and the, the opportunity to be playing for a Big Ten West title. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think I, I think the season's going to be made in, in September, and if it goes well, people will stick with them throughout. But um, I'm not I'm not uh, overly optimistic that that's going to be the case. Yeah, and I'm not acting like that's the worst thing in the world. These are great seasons, right? They're one or two lost seasons, and we get good bowl games. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of maybe how we should approach the season differently or if there's something unique about it. And if not, that's fine because they're fun to watch. But it seems like we've really been in this pattern for the last five or six years, and that's, that's well, fine. And, no, and, and that's, that's the thing. Like, when you, when you play 
when you play those games that are not necessarily challenging for you, mm-hmm. um, you get people built up, sure. and then you get into a situation where you know you're five and zero, and you're in the top ten, and you went in and, and uh, you lose. Yeah. So I mean, those those are the that's the, that's the type of stuff that um, usually happens because of the schedule, and the schedule this year does not play out that way. Okay, so that might be one difference. Okay, I'm just trying to do a little game planning, a little bit look ahead. We're talking yeah. to Zach Heilprin, the zone in Madison, the voice of our sports updates. Okay, Packers, uh, I want a little advice because at times I think over the last few years, especially with Wisconsin basketball, you've experienced this. Sometimes I, be, I become a hater because I'm very passionate. I feel very strongly, and I like I'm you know I I'm a lover, I'm a hard lover, but I'm a hard hater too. Like if something makes me upset, like sometimes I maybe go a little bit over the top. I don't want to become a hater, but I listen to these Rodgers pressers, and I'm like, ugh. Like, I, I just think that NFC Championship game loss in January, like, it, it kind of broke my fandom a little bit. Like, the things that I would have thought were cool last year, the year before, the Rodgers on the McAfee show talking about this and that. Not, now I watch a press conference, and I'm just like, ugh. Like, I've seen this before. We've done this before. I've never felt like this going into a season before. Have you experienced that before? Have you noticed that from anybody or else? Is this just me being a baby? No, I, I, I certainly your tweets i mean chris middleton is meant to be at uh at your mercy sometimes right you're you're a big chris middleton guy that's you're a chris middleton lover like you, you had his back throughout the season and you let everybody know that right mm, yeah and yet sure. you know there are some tweets in your past that you probably aren't too proud of different player that, four um, years ago very different player but that's neither here nor there i get your point when aaron Rodgers is a different guy Right, like Aaron Rodgers is a different guy now than he has been in your eyes. In your eyes, mm-hmm. he's a different guy now than he was before because of what happened this off season. It's much much easier to look. He's he's a very easy guy to dislike. Mm-hmm. I think if if that's what, if that's the way that you want to go, he, the 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 sly grins, the shots here and there, just like the you know, it's he's for for opposing fans. Yeah, he is an extremely easy guy to dislike. And, uh, you know, I think that's maybe where your, your head is at because you, you're just like, dude, shut up, play, stop. I don't want to hear it. Like, this, this is the same thing you did last year. I don't want to see it. And then you went and did this thing off season where you dragged us, you know, into the mud for six months. And, mm-hmm. and I, so, so I get where you're coming from when it, with regards to him. It's, he's, a, he's an easy guy, I think, I think, to dislike at times. Um, you know, and uh, this off season certainly made it easier for a lot of people. But um, all I'll say is, I, I I think instead of hating, you probably should enjoy it, sure, um, because it could be it. And yes, obviously, last season, the last two seasons have not gone at the end the way that anybody wanted them to. But it sure was a fun ride, right? Like the season, you enjoyed the season. You had a good time during the season. Just because it ended bad doesn't mean the rest of it sucked. Yeah, and I think you have to remember that. Yeah, I think you have to remember that. You have to remember it was fun. And this year is going to be fun, even if it, you know, even if in the back of your mind you know it's going to be it. First of all, outstanding point about Rodgers is a different man and a different player now than he was a couple of years ago, very similar to Chris Middleton. That's not something I had considered, so I appreciate you bringing that up. I, I don't think this is a shut-up-and-play-football type of thing. I always enjoy hearing from my favorite players. After that NFC Championship game loss, I would have fought someone with my fists over Aaron Rodgers because he played great in that game, three fifty, three touchdowns, and no, he did not. No, he did not. He did not play great in that game. What, the, what was that? The third, the second, or the third time he's gone for three touchdowns in an NFC Championship game and lost? Like he was not the issue in that game. That's my point. Like he played well what enough was, to what win. Was the issue? What was the issue? What, what was the issue in that game? 
What are you going to talk about? How they went tell, three and tell, out tell three, me three defense. straight tell, times? Tell me it, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me it was the defense. Tell me it was the defense that gave him the ball multiple times in the fourth quarter, and he couldn't get it. Him and the offense could not get it done. I don't. I don't. No, I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he was the reason that they lost. I'm not saying that at all. But the MVP of the league had three chances to tie or tie to to take the lead or tie the game, and he couldn't get it done. And so, I, yeah, the numbers are fine, but dude, he has to he has to put the ball on the end zone. Look, I at one of those three times. I, I, I don't disagree, right? But then you look throughout the rest of the game. It's like, okay, Aaron Jones is fumbling on the five, and Devontae no, Adams no. has a touchdown quarter, in his hands. Man. Dro- oh, okay. the well, fourth quarter. All right, that's when your that's when your MVP has to come through. That's when the best quarterback in the game has to, has to come through. It's why he can grin like he does. It can, it's this, you know, if you're going to be that guy, you have to be that guy. And uh, he let him and he just just didn't get it done. Again, he is not the reason they lost, but he had opportunities, mm-hmm. opportunities, multiple opportunities to get it done. This is a this is a stupid conversation from <laughs> ten months ago. Like it's irrelevant <laughs> at this point. Yeah, right. Or not ten months ago, but eight months ago. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't. You, you were ready to fight the entire media court because they all thought he was. Uh, because they, they intimated that they thought he was going to quit and he was, he was done with Green Bay. Turned out they were right. He, was they wanted, uh, he wanted to be done with Green Bay. Uh, but, no, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But uh, what changed? What changed for you over these last eight months? That I, you were going to go die for him before and now you don't want to hear from him? Well, I, I think it's that loss. Like, it's not just this last year. Maybe it was because it's a Tom Brady. I can't stand Tom Brady because Tom Brady's always the guy who throws three interceptions in a game against the guy who throws three touchdowns and win anyways. Meanwhile, that never happens to Aaron Rodgers, right? That happened in 2014 with Wilson. It happened this year. And it's just, I, I think that loss was like, really, we did this again? Like, you embarrassed yourselves and you collapsed in the biggest game of the year again? Like, I'm sorry if I don't want to get fired up for KB and and Kirk Benkert and do this whole thing in August. Oh, and Rodgers is referencing the office in his presser. Oh, my God, it's so great. Like, I, I don't even think it's just an anti-Rodgers thing. It's just, I don't know, I'm... Frustrated with the Packers. I feel like they've had a million chances, and you're not going to win every time. You're not going to make the Super Bowl every year. I am. I understand that 100%. But, like, once. you got you got to figure it out once, and they just haven't been able to do that. They did. And, yeah, well. They did figure it out once. Okay, once since then. I, so, sorry. They did they have that Super Bowl. You can never take that away from them. It's one I'll always cherish. But since then, they've had a couple of great teams, a couple of great chances. They even had this one at home, and they lost. And it's just like, I don't know. That frustrated me. And, and maybe it's it's different with Favre. You've referenced Favre a bunch, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I've never done this before. It's hard for me. No, no. I mean, Brett Favre, the, the, when, when this whole stuff with Brett Favre went down, mm-hmm. it killed Packers fans because they love Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. Like, Brett Favre could do no wrong in so many people's eyes. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, if, if you put who's your favorite quarterback at the, at the height of their heights, Brett Favre would win, you know, of all Packers quarterbacks, Brett Favre would win – Hands down, it wouldn't be even close. Like he's just—it's just different. People have turned on Rodgers much quicker than they turned on Favre, and uh, I don't know if that's where you're at. I don't know if you've turned on it or if you just—you're just don't want to see and, and deal with the same thing that you dealt with last year, and even the year before, and really over the last ten years where they've so, showed so much promise yeah. and yet they can't get it done. I maybe that's just—I uh, think Grant. I don't know how, how old are you now. Twenty-three. You're well. You're a little too young for this, but you're you're just becoming. Uh, you're being welcomed into the Wisconsin sportshood. That's what it is. You're 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 becoming a little bit um, seasoned. Not used to it. 
No, yeah, you're the uh, apathetic. Sure. I think to it a little bit because you know what's what's going to happen because it always ends up the same way. But I feel like after what happened this summer with the Bucks, yeah, that your mind should be different, right? Like your mind, you should change the way that you think about things. We all thought that somehow, some way, that this just wasn't going to work out for the Bucks, and it worked out. Myself included. Yeah. And I think, uh, and and I think you know the Packers could be the same way. I hope so. I also, there's another way to look at this, and I'm not saying I believe this is devil's advocate always here. I just, the Bucks were an inch from relocation 10 years ago, and they were able to get it together and win a title before the Packers ever made another Super Bowl. Like, that's that just sticks with me, too. Like, I I don't know. I just think I need a, a I don't know. I need football. I need the season to start. I think that's what we need. I think that will help a lot. I, I agree. Yeah. I think, yes, I agree. I think yeah. we all need that. No, that, that, yeah, no, the, uh, and just the, but the smallest things could have gone wrong, you know, against the Bucks, and they didn't. For mm-hmm. once, they went their way, right? Like mm-hmm. the Kevin Durant, that's going to be that is going to be the story forty years from now. Kevin Durant's foot, you know, like if it, if his toe, he wears a smaller shoe size. None of that happens, and it happened, which just doesn't happen for Wisconsin sports fans. And the way the Brewers are trending, like this, just I grant. All I'm saying, oh, you know, crazy. don't don't give up hope just yet. No, don't I, give it up just yet. You're way, you're way too young for that. I have plenty of hope. I don't want to be too jaded. That being said, we're going to talk more about this in a little bit. Zach, I appreciate you, man. Have an excellent weekend. I'm looking forward to hopefully coming to a Badger game this year and getting connected with you and Ebo and, and saying, hey, thanks for coming on. All right, man. Can't wait. Thank you. Yeah. Zach Heilprin, our fearless leader, our sports director, that rich voice that you hear in the updates. Appreciate him. Good perspective. I needed that advice. I needed a fatherly figure on the show today. And Zach stepped up to the plate big time. We're going to talk more about Rodgers, and I think I can probably explain myself a little bit better. I have a little bit more time, right? I didn't want to talk over Zach. He's got to say his piece. I'll say mine a little bit more after 5 o'clock. Let's take a break. Hear from Mike Clements and wrap up this hour of the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are headed to Buffalo to face the Bills. Kickoff tomorrow at noon. It looks like the medical staff will clear quarterback Jordan Love to suit up. Head coach Matt LaFleur. If Jordan plays, we're most likely looking at probably a half, maybe somewhat into the third quarter. What about third-string quarterback Kurt Benkert? Yeah, Kurt will definitely play. The Buffalo Bills hit with a COVID virus. Four players sent home after coming in contact with a trainer who tested positive despite being vaccinated. The Bills starting left tackle, Deion Dawkins, spent four days in ICU battling COVID. Like, I don't want to scare anybody, but, like, like, there was moments that I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make this. Two of the Bills receivers, Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie, have each been fined $14,000 for violating the league's COVID protocol. Bills head coach Sean McDermott. There's plenty of evidence of why you should get vaccinated. That's what I did. That's my own personal beliefs. Uh, but in my, in my opinion, in my beliefs, there's plenty of evidence to get vaccinated. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers asked if he's received the COVID vaccination. Yeah, I've been immunized. You know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. I think it's it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. There's guys who have been vaccinated if contracted COVID. You know, the protocols and the, and the outline guidelines are kind of changing day to day, it seems. Best Packers coverage. Mike Clements in Green Bay. Appreciate the updates, Mike. We'll get another update from Zach Heilbrun. Just updates, updates, updates. That's coming up at 5 o'clock. 
going to get into the Packers and really hash out some of my thoughts. I'm at a personal crossroads, an emotional crossroads, sports crossroads. Aaron Rodgers has always been my favorite football player. Hasn't really ever been close. He's probably the best quarterback I've ever seen in my lifetime. Not probably. He is. Never watched Elway, Montana, Young. Never saw Marino. Although I really like what I see when I watch Marino video. Right? There's never been a quarterback, except for maybe in moments, Patrick Mahomes, that's blown me away like Aaron Rodgers. My favorite player. Love the cool personality. And after this last season, I just, I don't know. It's it's not even really about him demanding a trade or wanting out. I understand at times why he felt that way. Team wouldn't commit to him. Probably felt a little shorted after winning an MVP, drafted his replacement. Like, I, I get that. It's not even him demanding a trade. Honestly, it's that, again, they failed to make a Super Bowl. It's competitive. Talk a little bit more about that coming up after 5 o'clock. If you're listening on WKTY and lacrosse, we're going to drop out for some high school football. So if you want to keep listening, madcitysportszone.com, wayyradio.com. That's the website. You can stream there from our station in Eau Claire. Menominee coming down from that area to Holman. So we had a little crossover, a little rivalry between the Cooley region and the Chippewa Valley, the 608 and the 715. Non-conference, albeit. So I guess it's a little bit less intense. Holman Menominee tonight on WKTY. Hopefully they get it in because the weather's been nasty. I was watching updates on Twitter all day long about high school games being moved, rescheduled, slid up or slid down. I I don't know. I hope they can get the games in tonight. Um, Mostly because it creates a scheduling nightmare for stations that carry local games, but that's... uh, there. It's about the kids, really. It's about not to make this about me at all. 608-796-2558 is the talking text line. Get that number handy because when we come back, we're gonna get into Aaron Rodgers, and I feel like everybody's gonna want to chime in on that. I'm hoping that this will be a very active conversation. And I've seen a couple of calls come in, and the timing hasn't really worked out, whether we've been with Zach or whether we've been talking to or hearing from Mike Clements. So We'll get to some of those conversations. And I'd love to hear from you about the Packers coming up next. But first, an update from Zach Heilprint, Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.